This program is brought to you by Stanford on iTunes U at Stanford University. Please visit us at itunes.stanford.edu. Good morning, everybody, and I want to thank you all for coming this morning. My name is Pat Kramer. I am an oncology nurse, and I've been practicing oncology nursing since um, the early 1980s. And the reason that we're all here this morning is because we're going to be talking about cancer-related fatigue. I thought the most appropriate place to begin is really with what do we know? What is cancer-related fatigue? What it is is patients describe it as overwhelming, excessive, unusual, whole body exhaustion and tiredness. And this exhaustion and tiredness may be totally unrelated or disproportionate to what somebody did or did not do. And I think it's very important to talk about what is the difference between healthy fatigue and cancer-related fatigue, because there is a very big difference. Healthy fatigue is what we call acute fatigue. It's a protective fatigue. When, when we get tired, when our bodies need to rest, our bodies tell us so by becoming fatigued or tired and we rest and we as um, uh, in a, hel a healthy individual can expect to get a good night's sleep and wake up the next morning feeling perfectly fine and refreshed. That is markedly different from cancer-related fatigue. Cancer-related fatigue, one of the, um, the hallmarks of it is that it's not necessarily relieved by going to bed and getting a good night's sleep. You can go to bed feeling exhausted and tired, and you can wake up the next day, even if you've had a good night's sleep feeling exhausted and tired. So it's, it's, it's disproportionate, it's unrelated to what you may or may not have done. And is this something that is common for cancer patients to experience? And the answer to that is absolutely yes, very common. In fact, cancer-related fatigue is the most prevalent, the number one most distressing symptom of cancer and its treatment, particularly for patients being treated, uh, undergoing active treatment with like chemotherapy or radiation. Fatigue, the incidence of fatigue in this patient population is from 70 to about 99% of individuals. And this is something that traditionally and historically has really been overlooked and undertreated. What do we know about the patterns of fatigue? Fatigue is very dynamic. It changes. It is not a static thing. Um, it changes over time. It changes on a daily basis. It can be, um, it can wax and wane. It can be overwhelming. Uh, it can feel, you can feel best in the morning and more fatigued in the afternoon. So it's a very variable kind of thing. But we do know that there are definitive contributing factors and causes to cancer-related fatigue. And what I'd like to do, I'd like to talk about the cause of cancer-related fatigue. Number one, it's the cancer itself. Just the presence of cancer, and cancer frequently puts your body into this hypermetabolic state trying to deal with this foreign body and um, it speeds up your metabolism and cancers can compete for nutrients because the tumor itself wants to be um, 
needs nutrients to grow, and cancer by definition is uncontrolled growth and proliferation of cells. So you have this tumor that's really competing for your body's energy production. So it's the cancer itself. Any questions so far? Everybody? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why is it that after you've finished your treatments, uh, we'll say in a period of three or three and a half years, and you mm -hmm. still have fatigue? That's a very good question, and I, I actually wish that I had a definitive answer for you. And, and the reality is, I, I don't. We know that for a subset of patients being treated for cancer, that the fatigue will last far beyond the treatment time. If it's, if it's any encouragement to you at all, and I hope it is, is that I, patients do tell me that over time, even if the fatigue is prolonged, it does continue to get less and less. We need to talk about treatments and what happens with cancer treatments and how this relates to fatigue. And we know that treatment for cancer very much is a contributing factor to the experience of fatigue. First, I'd like to start with surgery. Once someone is in that post-operative period, they do have fatigue. And, and you can expect that over time, the fatigue will get less and less and less, and the person will recuperate and heal and feel more like themselves again. What frequently happens in the cancer, uh, in someone who's being treated for cancer, is that unlike someone who's just having surgery, they have the surgery and then they go on to recuperate. Here we have surgery and then it can be followed a short time after with another modality where you start your chemotherapy or you start your radiation. So someone might be already entering into a chemo or a radiation experience where not having gone back to baseline because they've had surgery first and they're already experiencing some fatigue from their surgery. Now chemotherapy, we know chemotherapy is a very big contributor to fatigue. Again, do we fully understand why? We don't. We don't fully understand why. But we know that um, patients have told us that chemotherapy induces this overwhelming, exhausting kind of fatigue. And the pattern that we typically see with chemotherapy is that once you get your chemo, and you're sitting in the infusion center and you get your chemotherapy, day two or three, 24 to 48 hours after, is the time at which most patients will say, they wake up and it's like, oh my God what happened. And this can be very frightening, especially if you've not received any anticipatory guidance about this experience and you don't know that this could happen. It's important to remember that these are, these are generalizations from a variety of patients that we've studied over many and followed and, and gotten information from over, the, over, over several years. So someone else's experience might be somewhat different, but again, these are just kind of guidelines. After you have the day two or three experience, well, the fatigue peaks, and then it starts to get less and less and less. And particularly if you are on, for instance, a day 21 chemo rotation of chemo every 21 days, you can expect that the fatigue will get less and less and less, and you'll start feeling better and better. And then by about day 17, 18, 19, you're really feeling like, you're back to yourself again, and then what happens? You go back in and you do it again. So we see this kind of sawtooth pattern 
where you're, you're down here and then you get your chemo and the fatigue level markedly climbs and then it starts to come back down again and then you get it again. It's cyclical, very, very sawtooth kind of experience. And over time, also what seems to happen is patients, you know, if, if here's your baseline, over time, you know, you may not come back down to baseline because you're getting cycle one, cycle two, cycle three, cycle four, depending upon what regimen you're on. This can be somewhat um, dose-dependent and drug-dependent, but overall, chemotherapy very much influences the experience of fatigue. Yes, you have a question. Uh, is it related to the stock market? Actually, <laughs> my question is, is it related to the stress of the chemo? That is part of it, absolutely. When you think about when someone gets chemotherapy, um, and chemotherapy is killing cancer cells, um, you have accumulation in your body of toxic metabolic waste. What happens to all those dead cancer cells? Your body then has to try to work very, very hard to rid your body of these toxins and these dead cells. And it's taking the energy that would normally be available for you to go and do things and now all that energy is being utilized to try to manage all of these things that are going on in your body and that's those are those are definitely contributing factors so yes the stress of chemotherapy in radiation what we see is the pattern is a little bit different in that it is cumulative and it continues to increase over time so, for example, if someone is having radiation over a seven-week period of time, they might go through week one and feel fine, absolutely nothing. Week two, towards the end or beginning of week three, they're starting to feel fatigued. And you can expect that the fatigue is going to continue to increase during that seven-week period of time. And we know that it will peak at about the end. This is important information, and I've sat with patients who have said to me, um, okay, Pat, I'm starting my radiation Monday, and I'm ending on Friday, such and such a date, and I'm planning to go back at work Monday morning, the following Monday, at a very busy job that is very demanding. That may not be a realistic expectation at that point. The experience is also such that at about the end, some patients, once they finish their radiation, it immediately starts to decline. So the fatigue goes up and then you stop and it immediately starts to come down. Other individuals, it can actually stay at that peak level for a couple of weeks after they finish their radiation and then start to decline. What I generally advise is that you need to allow six months post-completion of therapies to allow your bodies to rejuvenate and heal and return to normal. And for some people, maybe, it, you know, again, six months is a guideline. For some people, maybe at two months, they're really feeling good again and they're feeling like themselves, and that's wonderful. Um, other people, it might be eight months, nine months, and they're still experiencing the fatigue. So the guideline I use is about six months, and I, I do that just to help people be realistic about expectations and family members being realistic and recognizing that this is a very real, real issue and um, that there has to be a certain level of patience there in terms of time. 
that it's not going to just in a week after you finish treatment kind of get back. Side effects from chemotherapy and radiation can also be big contributors to fatigue. And when we think about side effects, we think about, well, it, it, what happens? Chemo and radiation can cause your bone marrow to be depressed or suppressed, and that's where the body makes red cells, white cells, and platelets. Um, it can cause nausea and vomiting. It can cause dehydration. You can have side effects related to pain, uh, infection. Again, all of these side effects, what we know is the more burden that's placed on the body, the more demand there is within the body to utilize any energy that's there and the more fatigue the individual is going to experience. Now, one of the things that we really, that has been studied very well is the relationship between anemia and fatigue. And anemia happens when your red blood cell count is low because of chemotherapy. And when you do not have enough circulating red cells, red cells carry oxygen throughout the body. So when you don't have enough of them, then the oxygen carrying capacity of the blood is impaired. And you literally do not have enough oxygenated blood circulating to your muscles and, and allowing you to go about your daily business and uh, to feel good. Anemia has been studied as one of the contributing factors that we definitively know there is a relationship between um, the presence of anemia and how someone feels. And one of the early signs of anemia is fatigue. Poor nutrition can contribute to fatigue. Our body needs good nutrition. Uh, so poor nutrition, sleeping problems. I've, many of my patients have shared with me that sleeping is a big issue and that sleep disruptions very much will contribute to fatigue that you feel the next day. And even though I mentioned very early on in the talk that even getting a good night's sleep doesn't necessarily guarantee you will feel wonderfully refreshed the next day, if you do not sleep well, if you do not get that certain period of restorative rest, you can rest assured the fatigue the next day will be that much worse. And then we talked about the role of stress, very much, again, taking tremendous adaptive energy. What is the role between stress and immune function? Stress depresses immune function. The last thing we want to do in a situation is, is contribute to a depression in, in immune function. You want to promote immune function. So stress and certain medications, certain kinds of medications that uh, may be necessary can contribute to fatigue as well. Um, and that's why sometimes when we're looking at, when I'm doing a fatigue consult with a patient, I'll look at what meds are you on, what's the schedule of the medications, and are there any changes that can be made if it's contributing to fatigue and you're having an, an, a problem with fatigue. So that's kind of in a, ball, in a very quick uh, summary of what we know as contributing factors to fatigue. And so now it's like, okay, so now what do we do? What's the next step? How do we manage fatigue? So the first thing is communication. Fatigue management is really a partnership between the individual and the healthcare team. Because the reality is there are certain things that the, the healthcare team needs to do and there are certain things that you as an individual needs to do. And those two, those two need to work together. 
we can treat anemia. We have the technology and the medications out there that we can give you a medication and what that will stimulate your bone marrow to produce red blood cells and raise your hemoglobin. So we could treat anemia, we can manage pain. If you have uncontrolled pain, that needs to be managed because that will definitely contribute to fatigue. So that's our role. The other role is, and me personally as an oncology nurse, is to educate patients about what they can do to help themselves. And there are a variety of things that can be done. I'll start with nutrition. What I've learned in, from working with dietitians, really, and what I continue to recommend to my patients is just a good, balanced, basic, sound diet um, is, the, is the most helpful strategy. Making sure you're getting taking in enough calories, good sources of protein from lean meats and fish, uh, fruits and vegetables, just a good overall diet. And I will also counsel patients that if you're having problems, with your diet, either inability to, uh, if you're losing weight or nothing tastes good or you're having problems, um, just having, sitting down, first of all, there's lots of resources available to you from National Cancer Institute and Eating Hints and American Cancer Society, but in addition to that, sitting down with a dietitian for a consultation um, they, who can look at your individual circumstances and make recommendations on how you can maximize your nutrition because good nutrition going through cancer treatments is a very important strategy to help to f give your body fuel to make energy and to help you feel your best. So maintaining good nutrition. Yes. I have a question about soy products and isoflavones. There's a lot of said mm -hmm. out there. And what about that and, and cancer? Several of the dietitians that I work with do recommend that you might want to incorporate these um, soy and, and these phytochemicals into your diet. Use of uh, multivitamin uh, a day is usually an okay thing, and most dietitians will recommend it. Um, you know, once you start talking about other supplements and and um, high doses of things, that's where we're getting into an area of unknown, and where. You know, there's some evidence to suggest that, you know, certain antioxidants may not be in your best interest while you're going through cancer therapy. So again, I just recommend always just check with your doctor and let your doctor know what you're, what you're either taking or what you're thinking about taking and so you can have a discussion. But um, optimizing nutrition is an important strategy. The next strategy, which really we've learned so much about in the last several years, is the role of exercise in maintaining health and helping people decrease fatigue and get through the cancer experience. Exercise diminishes fatigue, decreases anxiety, helps you sleep better, and overall helps maintain muscle tone and function. And it's very normal. In having fatigue, what is the, the normal response to fatigue is what? is rest, sleep. I should decline my activity. And what we've learned over the past uh, several years is that we're actually doing a disservice if we tell you to just get more rest. Because what happens is very rapidly, actually, bodies lose cardiopulmonary function, musculoskeletal function, decline in tone, lose strength and stamina. And it can happen very, very quickly. And so as you become weaker and weaker, 
because of loss of muscle tone and function and strength, then it's resting more, doing less. The less you do, the less you can do. And so the recommendation is there has to be a balance, a balance between rest and activity, because too much of either is going to increase the fatigue. Daily energy expenditure is the most potent known regulator of energy production. So when you actually start putting demands on your body, your body says, whoa, okay, I've got a, there's demand here, I better, I better speed up production of energy. Uh, whereas when the less you do, your body thinks it's on vacation and sits back and says, there's no demand. I don't need to make more energy because there's no demand. I advise patients you have to remember to start slow because, again, particularly if you've been sedentary for a while, it's not going to be realistic to think that you're going to be able to get up and take a 15-minute walk. And, and the key, again, is going to be consistency. It's not going to be very helpful if you take a walk on Monday and then don't do anything again until the following Sunday or Monday. It's too much time because you, with exercise, you really are achieving a training effect. And starting small, starting at increments of two minutes, a walking program, if, if, you, if you're ambulatory and you can walk, keep a little journal of, of monitor your progress. It can be very motivating to see you know, I started out and I did three minutes and I was totally exhausted and I had to rest and that's perfectly normal. Um, and that was last week and you know, this week I did five minutes. And you know, so it's a motivator and it shows you that with time you can progress. And it actually brings me to a point, what we've learned about exercise is that it doesn't have to be all at once. You don't have to just do something and, and say if your goal is 20 minutes a day the 20 minutes does not have to be done all at once. It can be done in short increments. You can do a few minutes in the morning, a few minutes midday, and a few minutes early evening and get the same benefit in terms of fatigue and strength and stamina and promoting uh, wellness. You can get the same benefit if you break it up. The, the key is to do it and do it consistently. Energy conservation also important. So one of the strategies that I, I have people do is really plan out your day so as to not overwhelm yourself and be realistic. Plan out, okay, what are my priorities for the day? There's, there's nice to do and there's need to do. The nice to do's, let's put them away for a little bit. Let's concentrate on what is it I really need to do and accomplish today? What's important for me? For some individuals who are working or who just happen to carry around calendars with them and their daily planners, I will, I will advise them, you have to plan in a rest period after you've done something. Because to try to continue to go the whole day may be a difficult thing. And if you incorporate a short rest break in between, it will help you get through the day. You look like you have a question. Do you think that the mind has a great deal to do with it? It's a mind over matter to conquer? The, the fatigue of cancer is a very real, real experience. And as much as it would be nice to wish it away, um, that would be a misrepresentation. And I don't want to give anybody the impression that just willing it away is going to make it go away. It is very real. However, 
you know, doing things to help yourself in terms of decreasing your stress and helping you cope, whether, whether it's relaxation therapies or visual imagery or, or, uh, or music or art or listening to tapes or doing those tactics, utilizing diversion, at reading a, an inspirational book, all of those things will help with your mental attitude and will probably help with coping with fatigue. And the goal with fatigue management really is optimize the positives. We have to be realistic, recognizing that if you're getting chemotherapy and you're getting radiation, and these are necessary parts of your treatment, they do contribute to fatigue. But they are necessary parts of treatment, and you can't change that. The kinds of things you can change and the kinds of things that we do look at are things like nutrition and sleep and exercise and um, uh, managing anemia and treating infection. We have the ability to do those things, and that's the goal with, with, with coping with fatigue, trying to recognize what you can't change and what you can change, and focusing in on maximizing the positives to help an individual be the healthiest person that they can be while going through cancer and cancer treatments. I'm a typical type A, fifth gear, real high energy person, and I went through uh, chemotherapy in 98 and radiation last year. My exercise did go down, but I did some acupuncture also, hmm. which I found a lot of the alternative medicine, and I had also done some um, biofeedback, um, meditation, tapes, I listened to tapes all through my chemo, and that, I think, really saved me. I did a support group. I know we haven't talked about any alternative things, but I think that helped me. Absolutely, energy. absolutely. You know, all of those, whether it's acupuncture or massage or visual imagery or art or music or meditation, any of those techniques, support groups, I, I highly recommend support groups, being in the company of other people who have had similar experiences and truly understand what it is you're going through can be very validating and very helpful and tips, sharing tips. All of those strategies, yes, absolutely. That actually brings me to my next point, which is the importance of um, distraction, diversion, incorporating into your day something that you can look forward to, something that makes you happy, that takes you away from the cancer experience every day. See people, see nature, see beauty. All of these are stress management techniques. They are techniques to help decrease your anxiety and help you find joy in every day, which is paramount and very therapeutic to get your mind off of being in the cancer experience if that's, uh, you know, because it's very depressing. And so, and, and depression and fatigue, again, that's another relationship that sometimes it's hard to differentiate, but they both, these things don't exist in isolation. They feed into one another. And so anything that you can do to help you manage stress and find joy and pleasure in every day is an important strategy. The other point I'd like to bring up is just issues of sleep and sleep hygiene. Are you having difficulty falling asleep, staying asleep? Perhaps menopausal symptoms and hot flashes are keeping you awake. Um, is it pain? Is it because you have to go up to go to the bathroom several times a night and that's disrupting your sleep? Sleep disruption can make fatigue significantly worse the next day. And so if you are having difficulty sleeping, talk to your provider. Simple uh, tips of sleep hygiene include um, 
limiting your sleep time to the actual time you really need. In other words, it kind of goes back to it's not helpful to linger in bed longer than is necessary. Whatever amount of hours you need to sleep, you sleep and then you get up. Go to bed the same time every night. Wake up the same time every, every morning, even on weekends. That helps set normal circadian rhythms and our bodies like predictability. Um, if, you know, at night to help induce sleep, uh, anything from relaxation tapes or meditation or soft music, control the environment, make sure the room is not too hot or too cold, make sure it's dark enough. Anything that you can do to help you get a good night's sleep would be very helpful. And if you are having problems sleeping, one of the, one of the things that a lot of people say, you know, after 20 minutes I'm tossing, I'm turning, I'm trying harder to get to sleep, get up. Get up, get out of bed, go into another room, sit quiet, wait for yourself to get tired again, go back into your, into your bedroom and try to fall asleep. I'd like to just uh, summarize now what we've talked about in terms of strategies for fatigue management. The first is talk to us, talk to your healthcare provider. We really, we have ways that we can help you. And if, if we don't know that you're experiencing fatigue, um, you know, we may not be as proactive. So please talk to us, let us know. So it's, it's talking with us, it's optimizing your nutrition, um, exercising if you've been given an okay from your physician um, to do that and learning, you know, helping yourself in terms of what is best for you, but, but participating in some sort of low impact, consistent form of exercise can be very helpful. Uh, energy conservation, recognizing that you do need to budget your energy, prioritizing and planning out your day. Um, delegating unnecessary tasks and accepting help, which can be very hard, I know, from neighbors and family and friends, but recognizing that, you know, accept, yes, I'd love for you to go to the supermarket for me because that, that is a particularly fatiguing thing, and that's just one example. Um, dealing with stress by utilizing uh, meditation, relaxation, visual imagery, support groups, being connected with others, and utilizing any technique that can help you cope and manage the fatigue experience can be uh, can be very very helpful, and help you find joy in every single day, and um, sleep. Talking again, talking to your doctors about um, problems and issues that you could be having with sleep, because we have strategies that we can suggest, and we need. Um, and possibly other avenues if, if we need to. I think that's um, some of the things that, that you can do. And again, this partnership is a very important part of fatigue management. Talking to us, we can do our part in terms of correcting physiologic things that could be contributing to your fatigue. And then if you do your part, um, the end result is that the fatigue can be manageable and it can help you during the course of your cancer experience. And thank you very much for coming.
The preceding program was brought to you by Stanford on iTunes U and is copyrighted by the Board of Trustees of the Leland Stanford Junior University. Please visit us at itunes.stanford.edu.